Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Next Up. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics of the moment for women in the workplace, including key issues that affect the advancement of women, creating better workplaces for women of color, DEI and B solutions, and more. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So it has truly been my joy and honor to host our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I love that it allows Next Up to shine the spotlight on incredible thought leaders and on our members and partners who are oh so deserving of this spotlight as well. But most importantly, it's allowed us, and quite frankly, selfishly, me, to lead discussions and educate us all on the business challenges and opportunities which can either hinder or accelerate the women of all women in business. And I have particularly loved the conversations focused on those male-dominated roles or industries where, hey, reality is, hey, we got to level that playing field for women and, and other underrepresented or diverse leaders right alongside and with equity to men. So we're talking finance, technology, supply chain, manufacturing, et cetera. Today, we talk about cryptocurrency and the many dimensions of it. So depending on what you know or what you've heard, there are camps who believe it is a passing fad. Um, Jamie Dimon has been quoted as saying, it's not important to think about it. There's no intrinsic value whatsoever. Um, I don't know if anybody saw recently, but Scott Galloway, who is a fantastic business thought leader, he's called a number of companies recently. Uh, he said their business plans are yoga babble. So I would imagine Scott would say, hey, crypto, yoga babble. Other camps say, given its anonymity, which it enables, it's enabling the criminals, that it's all criminals who are engaged in cryptocurrency. And then another camp says, the exact opposite, which is no, it has changed the economy, our lives, our jobs, business models, and the world, and will continue to do so. So simple is always good to me when I try to understand something new and different. So I'm going to set the stage with some simple facts and stats. And then our three experts are truly going to educate you. And that's where I'll probably put myself on mute. Um, there are 1,583 different types of cryptocurrency. And this was interesting as I tried to Google this. And so guests later pull the right facts to the table because on one sighting, I saw the value at like a billion dollars. And then at another, I saw it topped at 2.3 trillion. And so I feel like there may be two different ways that you measure the value of crypto. So I'm going to rely on you to help correct me or help point our audience in the right direction. But we're talking billions and trillions of value. And this was as of 21. Cryptocurrency enables digital training and blockchain is the foundational technology which enables it. My interpretation, you're going to hear a much better definition soon. The top five cryptocurrencies by market cap are Bitcoin, and Bitcoin was the original cryptocurrency, and it remains the go-to leader of the space. Ethereum, digital token, which prompted the rise of the initial coin offering, and it comes in second. Ripple, Bitcoin Cash, and then EOS. Finally, the growth rates of all of these forms or denominations have been in the thousand to the four thousand percent range. Two thirds of this market size is attributable to the mining or the Bitcoin process, and someone will do a better job explaining that. And then, lastly, Asia Asia Pacific crypto industry is the fastest growing. There's many other terms. We have an incredible expert today, Jinja, who's going to talk about NFT. She's going to simplify that. And then Catherine's going to help us with CBDC. And this is where I humbly say, time to bring in the experts, and I will be on mute. I'm Sarah Alter. I'm your host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast, and I am proudly the CEO and president of Next Up. And I am joined by the incredible lineup of guests, which includes Ani Pai. He's an investor 
and a leader at ODX. Catherine Gu, director, head of CBDC and crypto infrastructure build at Visa. And then last but not least, Ginja Birkenbuehl, CEO of Burke Creative and queen of NFT is what I'm going to call her. <laughs> um, welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you joined us. And like I said, I'm just going to go on mute and you're going to lead the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm not going to do that. Um, all righty. So um, welcome. Welcome. Um, Ani, will you kick us off? Um, why are you here? Like what in your personal and professional journey has brought you to this conversation other than you so kindly accepted my invitation? Oh, thanks so much, Sarah. Yeah. I think uh, what Next Step is doing is uh, just phenomenal. But in my case, I think why I'm here is I've been very lucky to live in many places, kind of see the world and the venture fund that I currently help run today and I invest out of. Uh, we invest in amazing people all over the world. Just it's a fully global fund. And a big part of our focus for the past few years has been looking at these emerging markets. And through that, I've been very lucky to meet you know, some of the brightest people in the world. And many of them are women. And when I uh, um, started to work with them more closely, I could see that they were all interested in cryptocurrency. And Africa, for example, is uh, the most entrepreneurial nation on earth. It has the highest percentage of like female entrepreneurs um, oh. and out of anywhere. And uh, I could see like all these very young women who were interested in crypto had like no idea how to pursue it. And so um, I would just spend more and more of my time kind of educating them about the space, what they can do. And I realized this is a systemic problem. It's not just something in Africa. It's actually something that I think is plaguing the world writ large. And for almost 50% of the population to not know, I think, about the most exciting technological development since the iPhone is a huge mistake. And um, yeah, anything I could do to kind of fix that problem is uh, what led me here. And I think I was just uniquely suited to kind of tackling this problem of how do we bring in the next billion people into crypto, but um, an even greater percentage of women into a space that's historically been very absent of them. Yeah, no, and it it makes me think of the internet, right? Like how many decades ago? And how you had the two camps, like a glorified fax machine, you know, and then you had those who were actually building the World Wide Web and mm -hmm. like changing our lives and our world as we know it. So, right. So, yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's also funny that like uh, the top five biggest tech companies are all kind of run by men from Silicon Valley. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case in the future. I think the future will look very different from the past. And Absolutely. I think this is one way we can change it. Absolutely not. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love that statement. All right, Catherine, um, welcome. And Catherine's joining us from the UK. So it's good afternoon, Catherine. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Um, good morning to most of the viewers here, but uh, uh, thank you, Sarah. Great introduction. And yeah, I mean, you asked why I'm, am I here? I think firstly, just understanding and knowing more about what your radio show does has been really inspiring. You know, it's for women trying to progress in different parts of their career, trying to kind of gain that, you know, climb that ladder in that career. And I think, you know, just me being part of that journey, uh, I just want to share and also just, uh, you know, hear more voices out there. Um, you know, me personally, I've had several different career hops between different industries and yeah. different countries as well. And I think, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to generalize, but I, I can only speak from my personal experience. I think, especially as a female, you you do kind of want to think a lot more longer term. You know, there's a lot more right. personal factors you want to kind of take into consideration. For example, should I have a family, you know, children, all of that will be. Yeah. I think these are the little things that does matter. Um, and but, you know, it's, uh, it's it has been very interesting. And I think this the second thing to note is that you know, I'm working in this hugely fascinating uh, emerging new technology frontier. You know, blockchain has been booming, especially in the last four or five years. And what I love about crypto and blockchain in general is just the fact that it's re really trying to break a lot of the barriers, um, which is really great. You know, being a female as well as being part of that evolution yeah. has been yeah. really energizing, which is why you know, keep me going in the evening, working the PSTL, even though I'm in London, I, I think it's just the passion you can feel. And 
I come from that traditional finance background in hedge fund and finance. Yeah. But the crypto ecosystem, I think, is just completely different. And it's really fascinating. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more from Jinja as well to understand the NFT space, too, because I feel like it's just full of many new starters who believe they, they want to do something. Um, and my career is kind of focused around CBDC right now. And, you know, when I first joined, I really know very, very little about it. But I think the thing is, if you really want to believe something, you own it. And then you try to build something Absolutely. out of that. And that's why I think that's really exciting. So hopefully I can share some of that with uh, with you. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love hearing yours. And then we'll hear Ginger's journey too. And, and like you said, as a female leader, you know, you're juggling your, you know, life and work, you know. <laughs> And, you know, I had a similar journey and I've shared this story before that, you know, back in 99, okay, I'm dating myself, but back in 99, people were just discovering the World Wide Web. And so I I took a risk and I said, I want to be a part of it. And to your point, I knew nothing, but you know what? You educate yourself, you surround yourself with people who know more than you do, and you ride that wave of innovation. And I'm just, I'm so excited for all three of you, you know, and the journeys that you're having. Okay, Jinja, welcome, welcome. Okay, so why are you here? <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me on. I, I love this conversation. I have, I'm what I would call a newbie to the um, NFT space, which led me into the cryptocurrency space. But I'm here because I love NFTs. Um, I'm a creative agency owner, and one of yeah, my interests that. when I learned about um, NFTs and you know the power of ownership, which I've always uh, believed is the only and number one most important thing I can have is owning things. Is I want to be, I want to make sure that my children yeah. become self-determined through ownership and and entrepreneurship. That. And so um, that's really the reason why I'm here in general. That is my intention and my you know, overall why for why I'm doing what I'm doing. I have three sons and all three of them are creative. Two of them are actually in applied creative um, industries and they will be soon when, you know, they enter into. The other thing, um, oh, I can say this, am I still here? You are, you, we've got a little bit of the reverb in your room. So if you want to oh, try okay. and adjust that, oh, you're perfect now. Well okay, done. Perfect. Quick um, pivot. I love it. <laughs> um, the other reason I'm here is, and I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned my creative agency. That's something that has been yeah. uh, a big part of my life um, for many, many years. And I know that you dated yourself, but I'll date myself too. I've had my agency for almost 30 years and my agency is my, basically my holding company for several other companies I founded. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have an Americana band called Utah Carol, which I launched online. Um, right when the internet began. So we're still actually um, selling product and making music from, you know, back in the beginning. And And what type of music is it? It's What type of music? Oh, it's Americana music. Um, It's Americana country music and the band is, you know, we just launched. And then I also, um, in the pandemic, launched uh, a 501c3 called Journey of Gratitude. And that was focused on helping entrepreneurs parallel their um, Web 2 okay. um, understanding with the new world of Web 3, which is really important. And so um, this organization is a 501c3, and I'm focused now on really trying to help entrepreneurs and um, small business owners understand how they can tap the Web 3 world for their brands. And I'm really focused a lot on women because yeah, as everybody's absolutely. already mentioned, women are, mm-hmm. so, are so far off of the... Um, you know, off the ranch in the space. And I've got to see what I can do with the skills that I have to help more women understand what's really happening yeah. here. Yeah. And like Ani said, same for, you know, the World of Web 3, like, let's make it women along with men, you know, who are playing that lead role. All right. So now we're going to do a power round of definitions. And, and this is where I'm going to tap into all your great thought leadership and expertise. So if I know nothing about any of these terms. Let's unpack these terms. And so, Ani, we're going to start with you, cryptocurrency and then Bitcoin. You know, what what should those two mean to us mm-hmm. from like a business perspective? Yeah, let me uh, take a quick step back. So I think the three things uh, that would make sense to understand Bitcoin would be blockchain, crypto, and then Bitcoin. So uh, blockchain fundamentally at the end of the day is a storage technology. So it's a digital ledger in which uh, the medium of, of like the debitor and the creditor are in the same place. So whoever's sending money and whoever's getting money, essentially, they're 
just stored in a ledger. And ledgers have been around for thousands of years, right? Yeah. And that's something yeah. that we all comprehend. Um, it's literally just like who has it and who is getting it. So that's the first part. Cryptocurrency is actually a medium of exchange. So if uh, blockchain is storage technology, crypto is kind of like a unit of exchange on that storage. So it's like okay. what is it's like what is being sent. Uh, that's probably a better way to look at it. And the crypto, you know, that's kind of what it's called. Not people just kind of use crypto as a crypto uh, right. as a short uh, term. Um, crypto is then like the kind of central unit, uh, you could say like the metric system of uh, blockchain in a lot of ways. And Bitcoin is a unique solution to something that uh, plagued a lot of internet currency way back in the 90s, if any of us can remember the 90s. Um, uh, so <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, there have been exactly right. And there have been legions of these currencies that were made, but they all yeah. failed. But uh, Bitcoin survived in 2009 because it solved a very unique problem called the double spend problem, which is how do you make sure that the currency that you sent to somebody else isn't replicated? And Satoshi Nakamoto, the kind of pseudonymous creator of Bitcoin, figured out that uh, Bitcoin, his solution to the double spend problem, was it. And he published this paper. And uh, after the financial crisis, I mean, there was a bit of a murmur that, oh, there's no way that a kind of pseudonymous digital creator effectively is solving uh, global finance. But it turns out in the decades since that Bitcoin has kind of emerged as the hedge against like central banking manipulation against uh, crazy inflation by unelected politicians, which is effectively the Federal Reserve. Uh, although it's unregulated, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, that's where yep. I think you've got that camp that says, oh, it's all the criminals. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think, and I guess that's why we're here to kind of dispel the notion that this new frontier, and people were saying the same about the internet, uh, 20, 30 years ago, that the internet was actually a lot of just, you know, young hooligans kind of messing around, like trying to, you know, uh, mess with uh, the financial system. With I PayPal. love that. <laughs> yeah. Social networking was actually, you know, like a satanic technology. I think that was the New York Times who said that. Um, but, you know, now we're all on social media. Now yeah. we're all using PayPal. Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah. and the same will be true of crypto globally. Yeah. I think uh, Bitcoin has already kind of saved uh, many of my friends in kind of yeah. pugnacious countries like Venezuela that have these politicians that don't really care for them, that are manipulating the currency, that are raising prices. Uh, in Argentina, mm-hmm. they have to raise prices 14 times a day to kind of match inflation. And Bitcoin has kind of emerged as the solution to a lot of those problems. Instead of mothers have to worrying about like, yeah. can I feed my kids because of this yeah. crazy inflation, they can use Bitcoin. And that's kind of what's been happening. Yeah. And I, and I, I remember too, I think I shared with everybody in our prep session, but we were in Kentucky and where there'd normally be like, you know, a cash station, there was a Bitcoin station it was in like a, a gas station in Louisville, Kentucky. And I thought it, it has come to our everyday lives. Um, Catherine, CBDC. And, and for our audience, if you know this all, I, I am so glad you do. Selfishly, this this show is all about educating me. So hopefully a number of you are also being educated. But Catherine, explain CBDC to us all. Or CBDC, sorry. Forgive me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so CBDC is a fairly new concept, I think. Uh, so CBDC stands for Central Bank Digital Currencies. Um, and I guess, you know, to understand what is CBDC, we want to understand what is money, but also, you know, what is that progression of digital currencies have been over the past uh, decade or so. And I think Ani has summarized quite well, you know, with all the emergence of blockchain and cryptocurrencies, and of course, starting with Bitcoin, that was the, you can call it the first generation of, you know, crypto assets or cryptocurrencies right. emerging. Right. Um, but, you know, a lot of people realize it's very hard to use them uh, for payments. Uh, the day-to-day payments, mainly because of the fact it's volatile, it cannot mm-hmm. be scaled um, to the speed of transaction in which, you know, you're trying to meet the industry standards, which is 100,000 transactions per second right now, but, you know, Bitcoin wow. and Ethereum is known for being slow. Not to say that these days we don't have more novel solutions, but because of that, you know, when, then we have this rep, uh, evolution towards something called stable coins. Um, so I would like to, I mean, for me, I tend to think stablecoins and CBDC kind of have like different types of uh, digital fiat tokens. 
And stablecoins is really driven entirely by the private sector in the sense that, you know, from that name is stable relative to something. Um, and some really popular ones are really, you know, stable coins relative to the US dollars. Um, and how it, how it gets created is really, you know, you deposit like $1 somewhere in the bank and you can create that mm -hmm. $1 equivalent on the blockchain. So it's a very mm -hmm. simple concept. And you're really just trying to achieve that parity, which is the one-to-one -one ratio in order to, mm -hmm. you can also do one-to-two or whatever, but, you know, the stable coin, I think, is easiest to follow that one-to-one -one rule. And it's entirely um, private because, you know, you're depositing that $1 in a private bank, in a high street retail bank, and then you get that $1 uh, equivalent, just on a very simplified level. Mm -hmm. Now, that has been growing quite a lot, I think, over the past uh, six or eight years. And this is why it picked the interest of central banks and from different levels. One is, you know, central banks uh, mandate is really trying to maintain inflation. And what's driving inflation is really about the circulation of money, the quantity mm -hmm. of money. Mm -hmm. uh, this is all going back, you know, to those economic theories and, you know, where the root all started. Now, if you think about as a central bank observing the economic activity and here in this completely new world, you're starting to have new money creation mechanism uh, to take place in the blockchain and crypto ecosystem where stable coins get privately issued. That could potentially implicate or impact, you know, uh, the, the speed of economic growth or the speed right. of inflation in our world. And so, you know, that's why the central bank started to take this seriously and they want to in a way, trying to think about what is their reaction in relation to stable coins and also how they think about the future of money in general. And I think, you know, other factors driving central banks to look at these sort of technologies more because, you know, this is some significant decline of cash, uh, physical cash in certain parts of the world, especially, you know, places like Nordic countries and others. And central banks are concerned because, again, you know, the central bank's mandate is to maintain inflation. And, you know, the way they do it is through the money that's actually in the economy. So Just without control, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or the and Fed so, rather, right, can control the, the the cash and the interest rates. And yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. And, yeah. you know, if I start to use less and less of cash and instead it's kind of in between cash app and Vemo and stuff like that, that's sort of, you're kind of trying to decouple away. And especially if you're moving more to stable coins, that's even a further layer of potential decoupling that could um, uh, pose certain concerns for central banks. And hence, you know, yeah. that's how they're thinking about, well, what is that digital equivalent version of cash that I can create in the future, which is that future version of cash, right? But what's unique about this central bank digital currency is that, you know, it represents the liability of the central bank in a sense that we previously said the stable coin is really you deposit $1 in a private commercial bank or something. Here, mm -hmm. the one, one CBDC you hold, let's say digital dollar, that really represents $1 you have through some intermediary directly in the central bank reserve. And so if you're thinking about from a very kind of like, you know, the level of risk profiles, central bank money should represent the safest type of assets, which is why nowadays, you know, um, I guess, especially in a financial crisis, you see a situation where people run on banks, right? The whole motive is to get money out in terms of cash and hold right on your on your hand instead of like putting into a bank because a bank might default in time of crisis but a central bank will still be there so that's the same notion here in which the central bank digital currency from the central bank perspective they want to make it available to the public in the future as a further alternative to the physical cash and coin that they hold today so that people in the future if they prefer to say using more mobile money mobile banking and other things sure you have that digital version this is how the the birth of CBDC uh, started, I would say, around, say, 2018, a range of factors, uh, you know, different uh, central banks in the in, in the world are sort of in a healthy competition in terms of getting research and piloting yeah. out, as well as, you know, we see a lot of uh, stablecoin projects coming out, including at the time, uh, Facebook's uh, uh, Libra project yeah. as well. So. So the, so the CBDC is a form of crypto, is basically what we're saying, right? I would call it it's a it's a form of uh, digital fiat because it's quite different from okay. the, the crypto in which regulators are looking at. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right. We're going to take a quick short break because when we come back, we want to lead in 
with Jinja, and then she's going to help us unpack the term NFT and what that means in this overarching world of, of crypto and, and, and digital currency. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been listening in so far. I, I have learned tons. I know you have too. Um, you've been listening to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast, and you can always check us out at nextupisnow.org for more information on Next Up and all of our incredible podcasts and guests. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. For over 20 years, Next Up has been bringing professional women, allies, and corporate partners together to champion gender equity and advance all women in their careers. Together, we are a powerful, growing community of over 14,000 members and 300-plus regional and corporate sponsors. We work to create leadership opportunities, amplify women's voices in the workplace, and ensure that all women in business can seize opportunities in the now and and in the next, members of Next Up gain access to a broad community of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development across our 21 regional communities, get best-in-class leadership development opportunities, and attend our two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and B and leadership. Join Next Up today. Visit nextupisnow.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member. That's nextupisnow.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Next Up? Visit our website at nextupisnow.org. That's nextupisnow.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. So welcome back. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast and I am joined by three incredible guests today, um, Ani Pai, investor and a leader at ODX, Catherine Gu, at, uh, she is a director and head of CBDC and crypto infrastructure build at Visa, and Ginja Birkenbuehl, um, CEO at Burke Creative. And in today's show, we are discussing the world of cryptocurrency and how you should be doing all that you can to educate yourself in it and what it may mean longer term in your job or your company or your industry. And just as we left our break, I teed up, um, Jinja, we'd love to have you help educate our audience now. NFT, what does that mean? How does that even play a life in this crypto world and in your own personal life or job? <laughs> That's such a big question. And, and it could um, be its own show. I know. It oh, my goodness. I know. 
So we're asking is, everybody I mean, to simplify. Yeah, you think you think crypto is bad? Wait to go down that NFT rabbit hole. You'll never come back. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, so the written definition of an NFT. It stands for non-fungible token, which is a digital asset that can't be copied or divided. Um, a term that I do want to put out here right now is DYOR, which is do your own research. I think that it's really helpful to listen to us talk about this. Um, I'm not giving any financial advice when I say the things I'm saying right now. Um, I think it's a really, yeah. uh, it's, a, yeah. it's an ever evolving space and there is significant uh, opportunity to lose trem a tremendous amount of money when you're in it, right? Especially if you have money that you can't lose and many of us, especially women, because we're not uh, financially independent and we are in a permission-based environment with all of our money and our roles and our jobs and everything else, we especially, um, uh, you know, have to be very careful with the money that we do have, if we even have it. Um, so outside of the non-fungible token, you know, definition being a digital asset, um, the thing about NFTs is that it's really being defined. Everybody defines it. It's, it's almost yeah. like, you know, the phrase, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. NFTs are like that as well. Everybody has their own definition of what an NFT is. Um, it could be um, just fundamentally, it could be a piece of digital artwork. It could be music, a domain name, a video, a real estate, a ticket, a concert ticket. It could be your Instagram post converted to JPEGs and uploaded to, um, you know, the different blockchains, um, a poem, a contract, a workshop, you know, a copy of the deed to your house, um, a promise. It, it, it really can represent a lot of digital things and it can represent yeah. your ownership in it. Um, you usually can only have one owner at a time of an NFT non-fungible token. Um, no one can usually modify the record of ownership. You know, they can't copy and paste the new NFT into existence. Yes, you can copy a JPEG, um, which is, you know, fundamentally what many of them are, unless you are uploading a .mov, which is music or, or <laughs> film or, or a video or something like that. Um, but it's really, it's really a uh, uh, an ever evolving space. There's, and I'm sure that um, the other guests can talk about the different blockchains that blockchains that NFTs NFTs can live on. Um, I focus um, pretty heavily on the Ethereum blockchain. I have my NFT plat my NFT platform on a platform called OpenSea. Um, I also have my uh, music and other items on other platforms. Um, Solana, for example. Um, and I know that Coinbase just released their own platform, which is going head to head against OpenSea. So the best thing I can suggest is because we, you know, again, we could have an entire show about this. But what I'd Indeed. like to have your listeners leave with is to go on, really go on Google and type in what an NFT is. A look for something called the NFT Bible, which was put together by OpenSea. It's a tremendous resource. Um, it's been very, it's been well vetted. I do think that it, the Bible was put together before OpenSea became the giant billion, almost trillion dollar company that they are. So I do think that the information contained yeah. in that book is really kind of clean. You know what I mean? It's kind of clean. It, it didn't just come out today. It's been out for a while. And I would also focus on the concept of NFTs as ownership and self-determination and as an opportunity to not only create a personal brand for yourself in a parallel universe called, you know, NFT land, but also as a way to um, have another place to share your ideas and your creativity. A lot of times people in general, they believe that because they're a doctor or they're an economist or they're a mathematician or a real estate executive, they don't feel I'm not creative. Well, the beautiful thing about the NFT space is that whatever idea you have in your head can be created and made into a creative outcome that can then live on the blockchain on different platforms like OpenSea, right? So everybody can be a creator. Everybody can have ownership in this space. And it really does open, open multiple, multiple paths for your own expression, whatever that is, right? So I think earlier, um, um, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, um, Anirud, um, I think, um, you know, he mentioned um, he mentioned something about social media being very transformative and the NFT space, in my opinion, is much more transformative than that. The downside of the NFT space is that it's very difficult to enter it. It takes a lot of reading, research and understanding. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, because women are a little bit more risk averse when it comes to, to, to spending money and jumping into um, the unknown, because we are dealing with so many unknowns of our safety, our health, 
our security, um, our physical safety, our mental health, and we have families to take care of. So the path to enter these spaces takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. And um, it's it's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, I want I want women to know about this at least, at least have an yeah. awareness. It's almost like yeah. financial literacy. At least understand what money is and what it could do, right? At least understand what an NFT is, what cryptocurrency is, and what it can do. Now, are you ready to jump in and start trying and experimenting with money? Yeah. It, you know, you have to you have to keep your own counsel. I, I don't know. I mean, I've made a decision to invest in NFTs, to invest in cryptocurrency. Um, we have taken some losses. I am looking at this as a learning marketing space, so I can understand as a agency that focuses and works with technology companies and women and other entrepreneurs and small yeah. business owners that want to understand how to use technology to make money. I need to know these things. So, you know, again, as I said in the very beginning, my entry point into cryptocurrency wasn't blockchain. My entry into cryptocurrency was NFTs. And the last thing I'm going to mention is we do have one female uh, um, CEO of a technology company and her name is Susan Mojasiki um, for YouTube. So she's not, there's not just all guys running tech. She's actually running exactly. YouTube and they're doing a lot of transformative <laughs> work actually yeah. um, in the, uh, in the NFT space with YouTube. So, um, I, and I don't, there's, there's not something announced officially, but I just know I've been reading a couple things here and there, you know, curiosity and, and, you know, all the technology comes in, you're curious, right? You know, Apple's curious, you know, Facebook is doing some things, you know, I mean, all, all the companies all over the yeah. world are doing things in the yeah. NFT space. Um, and that's how yeah. they're entering as well. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful opportunity and I wouldn't want any woman that has any, any sort of desire to be, um, involved in something uh, interesting and new and and find a new community of people that are passionate about something. I would hate for any woman right now at this moment to miss that piece of curiosity and to not go out there and learn. It, 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 exactly. Right. And it's it's like everyone's heard me say this a gazillion times. If your dreams don't scare you, they're just not big enough. And so you don't, you know, you may not know it today. That's okay. Google it. Like you said, you know, it was so great. I read this earlier. Um, and if you're not signed up for this, the broadsheet is this fabulous um, fortune-based email newsletter, but they talked about Boss Beauties, and it's a women's empowerment brand that predates the Web3 craze. And to your point, Ginger, they released a collection of 10,000 digital portraits of women, and e they even displayed these images on the New York Stock Exchange, and they're now the intellectual property leaving to its work on how to monetize these digital portraits. And they're, and I looked them up. They're beautiful. They're yeah. visions of just global women. And it like, it's like, that's a currency. It <laughs> is a beautiful is, pictures of women yeah. are a currency. And it, and to your point, it's, it's boss beauty, Serena Williams group funded it. There's like a whole who's who of who funded it. But to your very point, it's, it's like so incredible. Yeah. And I, I just want, I do want to mention one thing. So one of the things that is, it's really easy to fall into the celebrity trap in the NFT space. Okay. So these celebrities okay. have this tremendous amount of money and resources. They yeah. have influencers yeah. that surround them that help promote their brand. Right. Um, and that's fine because they've got the money to lose. They have communities that are willing to put themselves in the line for them. I'm really focused on the everyday, uh, everyday woman that is really dealing with, you know, a hundred dollars or less, right? Who I mean, we are. It's like, right? I mean, so I just, I just want to make sure I put that out there that, um, you know, I'm not here to give any more oxygen to people that don't need it. I'm really here to help people that don't have any oxygen. And I have a little bit of oxygen with my little tiny bit of um, access to certain, um, you know, places of information and, yeah. and knowledge. To, to do what I can as a regular everyday person, share and help another woman and another entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be a woman. I mean, but any small everyday, I shouldn't even say small, an everyday average person that's not celebrity, mm -hmm. understand how to jump into the cryptocurrency space via NFTs, but also the same conversation I'm having with Web2, as we like to call it, right? I mean, helping an everyday business person or entrepreneur or person with an idea even understand how to use TikTok so that they can get out there and talk about their work. I mean, this isn't, you know, this is, you know, it's easy for Beyonce, right? To have a yeah. hundred thousand people talking about her new song that she just dropped last week. 
Do you think someone, Sarah, is going to help you drop this podcast to a hundred million people? Like, do you know what I'm saying? So let's let's. Say, I, I would I would hope, and let's put I know, that right? out there in the universe. But, I agree, but no, but, but I want to come up with like a. You're I want to come on, up Ginger. with, you know, please spot let's on. let's talk about some other average women yeah. that are doing amazing things in the NFT space, like you know Erica Riley, who just released you know NFT Crypto Venus, um, uh, Mavion World, which was put you know put together, um, yeah, put together by by this woman from Australia. You know, there's 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 so many women, um, and you know even me, like I have a couple of NFTs myself. I mean, Catherine probably has an NFT. What's your NFT, Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> right. I have beauties. He's on the end of the New York Stock Exchange. They've already got enough, you know, they've got enough attention. So and I'm happy to share at any point with yeah. anyone if they want a whole list of amazing NFTs. I can just happy right. to share. So uh, Anit, NFT for you? Yeah, I have a few. Uh one of my favorite ones is uh this project called uh Fangang, which is a bunch of like game designers that I think are combining like non-fungible tokens, like game design. Uh, so kind of adding utility into the space. Uh, another one that I really like, I don't know if you know the book Zero to One oh, by oh. Peter Thiel. Um, yeah, he wrote this book uh, about startups, entrepreneurship, the future called Zero to One. Um, and they made an NFT on that. And uh, they're doing some really cool stuff with like political fundraising and books at the same time. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I, and I particularly love, Jinja, how you've brought your your, your boys, your sons into it too, right? Like you're educating them on the future, you know, what, what will be, what will scale and grow and explode. And it, it yeah. And the quick question then to all of you, because I'd seen a stat that there's like 80 billion of crypto volume, right? But then I saw the stat of like 2.3 trillion like how much volume is there out there today? And again, there's many different forms of crypto, but what are we talking in terms of monetary value? Catherine, you probably know this one. Yeah. Or, or Ani, it, it, that was one where I was like, is it millions? Is it billions? Is it trillions? And like when, you know, Jamie Dimon said, hey, you don't even need to think about it. It's not important, you know. Um, there isn't that much out there. Is there? Is you know, there truly? I, mean, oh. I have to. I have to mention something about Jamie Dimon. So, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase actually put out a very tremendous and powerful white paper on cryptocurrencies and, met- and metaverse. So, I, I encourage. I encourage. You should read it to, then. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. really do because because yeah. you know that that conversation that you're referring to was was in the crypto world ancient history compared to, you know, what at JP Morgan Chase is doing now. Um, and I'm happy to share that with you later, Sarah, and put, you can put it in the show notes. It's a really great. Let's do it. Part. And, and, you know, it, and to your point, life and perspectives change at the speed of light. So thank you for enlightening us. Cause yeah, yeah we'd love to read that. Right. Ani, you were going to say something. Yeah. So that's a unique question that you asked Sarah. So I think what the difference is, it's kind of like even the analog version of what happens in our economy where, uh, you know, the equities market in the world globally mm-hmm. is about 120 trillion. The market cap of gold is somewhere around 12 trillion. Uh, the total crypto market cap, however, is about 1.8 to 2 trillion, uh, you know, changes day by day, of course. Okay. Um, and there's only a small percentage of that. You could say like maybe in the hundreds of billions uh, max that get traded every day. And in large part, it's because of mm-hmm. what great people like Catherine are working on, which these stable coins enable people uh, largely actually in Asia to avoid the kind of broken financial system that many of them live in and to buy stuff using digital currency, which has been going on, like China started doing this since the advent of uh, the mobile phone uh, across China and across Asia right now, everyone's using digital currency and a lot, and yeah. they yeah. transact using the stable, stable currency. So yeah, to answer your question, most of crypto, as they call it, is just not traded. It's a lot of people just holding it as like a reserve. But then of the stuff that like moves around, the majority of it actually uh, refers to these like stable coins that like Catherine's working on. Yeah. CBDCs. And again, it's so interesting. It just dawned on me too, that it's like such an interesting parallel. So like when you look at at the phone system, right. And particularly in developing countries, they were the first to see sell, right. Because the landline, like the core infrastructure was insufficient and unstable. And so cell phones exploded and so many of the developing countries, and to your point, same things happening here with currency. 
and, you know, and with payment methods, um, you know, you don't necessarily have the infrastructure, the stability. And so you create the innovative, um, you know, more right. staple form. Right? Well, I, I also would say that like if people, I think people in the West and uh, like generally, you know, America has been actually very behind the times with financial technology. And if people just want to like learn more about crypto and how it's like already shaped the world, like I would just take a trip somewhere to like Southeast Asia. Yeah. And just yeah. doing that, I think, will unlock your mind like nothing else because uh, society has been radically transformed, I think, for the better just by yeah. having like people yeah. having ownership of their money versus like in our way, which like they don't. And that radically shapes society. Yeah. And 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 Google it, like Jin just said. So let's shift to, OK, why should I even be thinking about it? OK. And, and this is where, Catherine, I think it's so fascinating, you know, your role within Visa, which I want to do a major plug because Visa is such an incredible partner to NextStop. <laughs> um, but you. share with everyone like your particular role and what you're doing in Visa and why Visa is, is even engaged. You know, they've always provided credit solutions and payment means, but why should we even be thinking about it? Absolutely. I mean, firstly, you know, I, I'm very proud to be part of this team within Visa and our team is called Visa Crypto. Uh, so it really started around, I think, back in 2018 with Kai Sheffield and, you know, Tara Angelos and uh, AJ Shelley kind of in a group out of Palo Alto that uh, ideas yeah. was getting born. I think there was just so much progress being made over the short span of three to four years. Um, you know, we talked about NFT and uh, Visa is doing a lot in terms of like pushing on that frontier. Uh, and I know, you know, we have these sort of creative programs to to really encourage um, people to get into that space. Um, you know, we're also looking to a lot of the things like uh, recruiting, for example, you know, the question is, how do we let especially younger people to get to know about crypto, you know, learning by doing. You know, we want to create that space, the opportunity for them to do something hands on. And we're rolling out this rotational program for people to spend like, you know, several, like I think it's 12 or 18 months to rotate on different roles within the Visa crypto team. So then they have this whole holistic view about all the different aspects of what we're doing. And I think actually just, you know, places like Visa is at a very unique uh, point in history, in the whole evolution of payments, uh, because, you know, we have been the incumbents and we have the past 60 years of experience and knowledge um, to sort of help that next generation of payments to succeed. And we're also trying to embrace that, uh, you know, change in the sense that, you know, we're understanding the future, you're going to have more optionalities. It's no longer just paying with your pounds or dollars, it can, you can pay it with your stablecoin, your USDC, or you can pay it with a, a digital real or something like that. And the world is just going to be so many more different flavors for any consumers or any business to choose from. And so, you know, a big payment network like us, we have a huge role to play, I think. And that's why it's exciting, because we, we want to kind of help to support how to make some of the future of money successful. And I think that's kind of where collectively, you know, we work with a lot of the crypto startups. Um, we also work very closely, especially in my role with, you know, having this close conversation with central banks and regulators, because I think the key is to really understand the use cases. Um, there's definitely gonna be many different flavors why someone would choose a stable coin over say a local central bank euro currency or vice versa. And we want to understand what are some of the pain points that, you know, whether it's as Visa or as the industry in general, we can help uh, to change that. So that's why I think, you know, in the next several years, it's going to be a lot of work. But I think everyone on our team is super pumped. I mean, you know, we're like a global team working around the clock and everyone's super busy. Okay. So I was just going to say that um, in the next few years, we're going to have a lot of stuff to do. And uh, yeah, I think the, the future of payments is going to be, different from what it is now, but there's certainly a lot a lot of experiences and you know what we can provide as the network in general to support the future of other networks being born. So thank you, Catherine. I so appreciate it. It you know what? Um, as we all see technology can be tricky and my internet was unstable on my end. So I pivoted and called it. So <laughs> thanks for keeping the show going. Um, no worries. Honey, in, in your world, it's like you're focused more on, on entrepreneurs, right, and startups, and um, speak to us and how crypto can play a role in that. 
Yeah, I think the big thing about technology, if you were to define it, it's about doing more with less. And the internet, just like it did, you know, since the advent of Web 2 has made it possible for us to have this, like, uh, interchangeable globalism that it didn't matter where you live. In fact, you could live anywhere and you could just shape the world by doing stuff. And what crypto has done, I think, especially for women in all these places, is the only barrier now is just imagination. You don't have to, like, ask people to do anything. You don't need anyone's permission. If you have an idea in this world, you can make an NFT, like Ginger was saying, and you can impact, like, thousands, if not millions of people at once. And that type of transformation is something that the world has never seen before. And I think crypto is doing that at scale, uh, reshaping the power structures that have currently defined the bottom world and making it possible for anyone with an idea to just think about something and shape the world and their image if they so please. Awesome. Well, you know what, this, I, I have just, I have truly learned, you know, been enlightened by all of you today. And I, and I hope that our audience has been too. Um, and we're going to, as we post the podcast, we'll include a whole bunch of links of, you know, materials that everybody can access to continue to educate them on the world of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain, CBDC, and NFTs. Um, but Jinja and Catherine and Ani, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And I, I want to thank everybody who's been listening. Um, we are over 52,000 listeners now, and thank you to each and every one of you who's been engaging with us. Um, thank you to Voice America for always allowing you know, me and Next Step to share our story, but most importantly, shine the spotlight on incredible leaders like our guests today. Next week, um, we're going to be covering a great topic of how do you optimize your own brand through social media and particularly LinkedIn? So if you're, you're hankering to learn more about that, um, you need to join us, and everybody should be doing that. Um, I am Sarah Alter, your host, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.